The world has caught a virus, so I've written you a poem. We need your help to cure it, so stay the fuck at home. And if you have got 12 kids or you're living on your own, lock it down and isolate and stay the fuck at home. If you think you're not at risk here, you're living in a dome. It spreads faster than a hooker's leg, so stay the fuck at home. I need the gym, I need the beach, I hear you bitch and moan. You need to grow a brain cell and stay the fuck at home, but I feel fine. I don't feel sick. I'll go out on my own. How thick are you, you selfish prick? Please just stay the fuck at home. From L.A. through to Berlin, from Wuhan through to Rome. There's people dying every day, so stay the fuck at home. If you need to contact family, use Facebook, Skype, or phone. We've got the fucking internet, so stay the fuck at home. The only way to slow it down is isolate, not roam. Please help the world get back on track and stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. Don't you be a fucking dick. Please stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck home. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Shadows in the Cave. And my name is Edo Zelos. And today's topic it's going to be COVID-19, motherfucking COVID-19, the coronavirus, a virus that has had a huge impact on a lot of our lives and for some of us, unfortunately, has completely changed our lives permanently. And um, it's been a hell of a year. So not only fuck COVID-19, fuck 2020 as well. And hopefully 2021 will be a much better year. And will wake us up from the nightmare that has been 2020 in a lot of different ways. Some of which we'll get into here tonight. So I did decide to do a show on COVID-19. And other than that little parody song that I played earlier. Uh, this is not a political show. Um, that was my thoughts. But my thoughts on COVID-19 and how to uh, react to it are very complex. And it's not something that... We should get into on this show because that's not my job. My job is not, is not to tell people to wear their mask or not wear their mask or how even to stay at home or not stay at home. Um, my job is to validate what we're going through, you know, as, as a community, as a family, and to bring some a sense of understanding of some of the stuff that we've all been going through over the last fucked up year of our lives here. Um, uh, hopefully, down the road, it'll be the forgotten year in my life because, thankfully, I haven't experienced any sort of life-changing um, trauma or experience with COVID-19. Knock on wood there. But I know some of you have, and that's really unfortunate, and I'm very sorry to see people suffer so much, not only because they lose loved ones, which is a life-changing um, predicament they're in, but also just our mental health, you know, our financial stability. So a lot of people lost their jobs and, you know, just this uh, smorgasbord of like so many different things that we're dealing with. Uh, uh, we're, we're in a process of a huge adjustment as a society, as individuals uh, that threaten a lot of our identity and a lot of what the way we've lived over the last, you know, well, well however long we've been on this earth, right? different for different people and so you know i don't want people to feel guilty 
for feeling depressed or having a lot of anxiety or feeling kind of hopeless you know this is this is we're all in it together and this is i know a lot of times when we have empathy towards others we tend to feel guilty for feeling bad about ourselves because we want to feel like there's other people that have it worse and it's not really a big deal of whatever worries we're feeling well guess what this time it is a big deal and because it's a huge change it's a drastic change in all of our lives and that's what we're going to talk about here tonight you know really what this coronavirus did to a lot of us is that it brought up a lot of our past trauma it brought up a lot of our past insecurities usually what happens is that as we go through life and we have to deal with a lot of our issues we tend to build coping mechanisms that allows us to wake up every day go to work and be functional and sometimes not even go sometimes whatever we're, we're dealing with the issues that we're dealing with are not they, they don't tend to get in our in our everyday life in general but there is something that's always there in the background and we we again we have coping mechanisms that allow us to proceed forward well this pandemic has kind of stirred all that up that's inside of us and it's brought it out right i mean if if we have attachment issues if we have traumatic experiences that we've been dealing with if we have repressed memories if we have any emotions that we haven't come to terms with all those things got stirred up and they and they were brought out through the forefront through the reality and the fear that is this global pandemic we've been dealing with and so it kind of put us in a state of flux right where we don't really know whether we're coming or going and it's okay to feel that way and that's one of the first things that i wanted to bring up in the beginning here it's okay to feel confused in these times you know and i think normalizing our mental health and whatever we've been going through is the first step in dealing with this in a positive way you know because i know there's a lot of people out there that like i said earlier they feel a sense of shame by feeling like this is a big deal to them because there's so many people that have lost loved ones there's a lot of people that that have lost their jobs and they're and they're and these people are being told to stay at home and they have their family around them and they feel guilty by for feeling like shit for feeling anxious and scared and depressed and to that i say you have every right to feel like that because it's something that we've never had to experience before as a community as a family um this is all new there there's no president to this in our generation i mean we've been we've dealt with with the uh, pandemics before but certainly nothing to where we're going to have some sort of relevance to it or connection to it as much as we felt this year um so whatever you're feeling it's the first step is to normalize it and understand that it's perfectly okay and perfectly natural because it's out of the norm and it and it requires an adjustment in our part so anytime that and it's not just with this pandemic anytime that anything in our lives uh leaves the status quo or it's out of the nor the nor the norm um and requires some sort of drastic shift in our way of living it's going to have an, an effect on us because our brain is very structured our brain is very patterned it relies on repetition in order to feel safe and 
And so what happens is that when we get hit with a certain particular shock that requires an adjustment, it brings up all this chemistry in our brain, you know, and in a sense, it puts us in this fight or flight mode where, you know, we get very uh, anxious. And so I think it doesn't matter how rock hard you think you are. I think this global pandemic um, really affected us, all of us, in some way, shape or form. And one of the reasons it did that is because we live in a, in a systemic, systemic society. Now, what is this a, a systemic society? That's a society where we all have a particular effect on each other, right? Especially as small, small families built to small communities, build to bigger communities. And now with social media, the world has gotten smaller. So in a sense, we're all connected with the entire world. And so having that systemic connection means that we're bouncing our emotions off of each other. And even though it's not expressed verbally, there's that tension, that energy in the room that has a negative effect on us if that energy tends to be negative. And guess what? With a global pandemic, that's exactly what it's going to be. And of course, on top of that, you have all these other deals that we've been dealing with all year that I'm not going to get into here, but it hasn't been besides the pandemic. And it's, it's been a, just a horrible year in general. And so that we have all those stressors are affecting us. And what happens when we get stressed out? Well, we activate our immune system. And when our immune system is so concerned with helping us with our stress, we're vulnerable to diseases and aches and pains and all kinds of other stuff because it's like our body's at war trying to fight some mouse off, which is the stressors of the year we've had. And it leaves us vulnerable to other things. So not only are we uh, mentally exhausted, we're also physically exhausted. And we haven't even moved the muscle. We haven't left our homes all year. And here we are hurting in many ways. And that is something that's going to have a lasting impact going forward. And that's something that concerns me very much. So being in the mental health field, um, and that's not even taking into account people that have lost their jobs, people that have lost loved ones. This is all just a general state of mind that I think we are, we're all in as a society. And I think we're going to come out of this with a paradigm shift which with the way we emotionally express ourselves. Um, whether that's good or bad, we'll see in the future. But, you know, going with this idea that we are a systemic society, you know, we're, we're all in constant state of homeostasis, right? And I'm using a lot of what we call family systems to express how we're kind of functioning together from a mental health perspective with this global pandemic. And... You know, we are a big community, though, and as a society, we do have societal norms and societal expectations. And right now, with all the stressors that I brought up earlier, we also have to deal with fundamental beliefs within the family structure. And that could lead to a ton of anxiety and a ton of confusion, which, again, leads to stress and our mental health being all, all of whack. You know, you have this, this weird, like 
double bind messaging going on all over the media, right? As far as like, well, you know, you have to, you have to social distance, you know, you can't be around your friends, you can't be around your family, you know, but that makes, that makes me as an individual feel isolated and lonely and it increases my stress and anxiety. However, this is what's necessary to reduce the spread of COVID-19 and this is what's necessary for us to be able to go back to our families and you know you do that sacrifice right you do you social distance this that on the other thing and then you see that it's getting worse so then at that point it's like well where do i go from here right i don't have the the, the coping mechanisms to deal to deal with this confusion because it doesn't matter which way i turn it's not getting any better and at the same time, I'm not being functionable in, in my society. And that's that's one of the hardest things that we're, we've been dealing with lately um, is this idea that I could stay in, but if I'm not working, I can't feed my family. So it's like I, I'm staying alive from the, from the coronavirus, but at the same time, I got to deal with not having a job, not being around my friends. Um, and not being around my family, et cetera, et cetera, and not li living what I feel is a productive life. And as human beings, we have to have meaning in our lives to move forward. I think I talked about that in my depression episode. As human beings, we have to have a reason to wake up in the morning or we're going to go into a deep depression. And for a lot of people, they've been taken, they've been, they got, they got that taken away from them with this coronavirus and it's nobody's fault i'm not blaming anybody for that i'm not blaming the government i'm not blaming individuals this is just a conversation that i'm having and the fact of the matter is that for a lot of people their way of life was stripped from them because of this coronavirus you know and at this point sticking with a solution focus um situation we don't look at the reasons why that person was stripped whether or not as a society we could have done better with if, if we all followed protocol that's not even important anymore what's important is that these people are in pain these people are suffering and these people need help that's what's important all right we could we, we could we could stay problem focused till till my head explodes we could say this person didn't do their part this government didn't do this part and these people are, are, are not doing their part. That's not what's important anymore. What's important is that there's people in homes that are getting increasingly worse off with their mental health. And those are the people that need assistance right now. You know? At least from at least from what I could do. My job is not to point fingers. My job is to validate and empathize with the fear. And the loss of a lot of things for a lot of people, whether substantial or not. And that's what we're going to focus on this show today. Because maybe weddings and proms and graduations and parties and Halloween parties, which is what I like and was not, not around this year, uh, maybe they're canceled. But you know what's not canceled? The ability to understand others. The ability for empathy and kindness and my faith in humanity is not canceled. 
because I honestly believe that deep down, even though it's hard to believe because we live in a very cynical world, I've seen it, but I have faith in humanity. I have faith in the idea that when push comes to shove, we could help each other because I've seen that as well. And that's just as amazing as some of these cynical, very mean people. (laughs) So I think perspective is key. I think perspective is key to a lot of things, but I think perspective is key to changing how we view this situation. Now, again, different things are going to work for different people. If people have lost loved ones to this disease, if people have had a drastic life change to this disease, I empathize with that. And I know it's hard. And and, and I know some people may never get over it. And that's okay because this is a reminder of how fragile we are as as, as a society, as as humans, right? But it's up to it's up to those individuals to get the proper help and move forward. You know, because I've always said with trauma, I don't like when people say, well, just get over it. That's incredibly disrespectful. I think when when it comes to trauma, it's okay to be with it for the rest of your life, but don't let it define you. You know, I've always I've always told my patients, sometimes when we allow the the trauma to keep us stuck in a particular situation or in a particular place over and over again, it's because we're holding on to it. You don't have to hold on to it. You could allow it to walk by you and be there for you, but it's not defining you anymore. And I hope those people that had a drastic life change with the coronavirus are able to get that kind of help. You know. But there's also a lot of people that have situational depression because of the coronavirus, uh, uh, mental issues that come up because of the change in, in, their, in, in their lives where once the pandemic goes away, their lives are going to attain a relatively sense of normality. And, you know, those are the people that I'm talking to right now. Um, And so I think going back to the idea of perspective, I think it's important to know that where there's chaos, there's opportunity, right? I took this time myself to reevaluate where I am because essentially my life got paused, just like I know a lot of people's life was put on pause when this thing hit. And rather than sit there and jump off the walls, all of a sudden I found myself with time that I didn't have before. All of a sudden I found myself with moving slower, even though I wasn't going anywhere because there's nowhere to go. You know, even emotionally, I was going slower. And I think sometimes in this chaotic society we live in, we're in a constant state of survival, right? We're in that rat race. You know, we wake up, we, you know, we brush our teeth, we take a shower, we go to work, we come home, we're tired, we do, we do our, our chores, and then we go to sleep, uh, you know, watch, rinse, repeat, et cetera, et cetera, over and over again. And we never have time to slow down. And I think this coronavirus forced us to slow down. And it's a good time to reevaluate where you're at. It's a good time to reestablish your goals and come out fresh on the other end. Right? It all it's also a good time to change up your routines. 
you know, change how you do things. You know, I think for people that are having a hard time uh, with loneliness, you know, use technology to your benefit. You could still reach out to friends. You could still reach out to your family. You could still have a sense of normality through technology. And we know that Zoom has become very popular. We know that Skype has become very popular. Um, you know, other forms of technology through communication has become very popular. And that's still there. That's not going anywhere. Um, and what the consequences of that are in the future, I don't know. I, I, I like to be around people. I like to, you know, feel them. And I like to make eye contact with them, uh, you know, and the, be in the same room with them. Whether or not people gravitate more towards, um, you know, virtual communication going forward even after the pandemic is something I can't predict. It certainly seems that way because that's where young people are going and young people set the standards of normality for the world. So we'll see. But bottom line is that's there and that helps us keep in contact with other people, um, you know, and there's there's so many things to do um even like going out and getting some fresh air you know social distancing doesn't mean you can't go outside as long as you're distant from everyone you know you could go for a walk you could go for a hike you know there's there, there, there's there's things to do and then when you go for a run out there and you get some fresh air you kick in the endorphins and you're going to get that natural high and it's going to give you that that um you know you're going to feel good for a minute <laughs> you know but that's another thing that I like to do, and I've been doing more of that because I gained a lot of weight when I was back way, way back in April when we had the first lockdown here in California. And I was like, nope, I can't do that because I don't want to buy a whole new wardrobe. So I went out there and I started walking, and it's been helping me. Um, again, like I said earlier, normalize that it's okay to feel, I guess for lack of a better term, weird because there's a lot of feelings that are going on it's not just it's not just mental health there's a lot of you know you just feel that sense of dread right because the entire world is going through that and like i said before in a systemic society we're gonna bounce off of each other you know through that kind of energy and we feel it so just do the mental check-ins you know um you could start journaling you know start meditating or do any other form of mindfulness technique. You know, even even like I said in the last show, we have the grounding techniques with the five, four, three, two, one. Um, you know, which which helps with anxiety as well. So there's a, there's a lot of things to do. Um, you could you could practice more of your hobbies. Hobbies are always good as long as you don't make them a way of life where it's impeding in your ability to make money to to feed yourself. Hobbies are always good. You know. Watch a movie, you know, read a book, listen to your music, you know, play your music, which is what I've been doing. I mean, there's little things like that. And just understand that this is all temporary. But it, but while it's temporary, make it fun for you, you know, because there's going to be a day, believe it or not, if you change your perspective, where you're going to miss the days where you had time to go for a walk where you had time to watch a movie, where you had time to read a book, where you had time to, to hang out with your friends on Zoom. And I think reframing your thoughts in that, in that way will help you 
deal with this loneliness and this frustration of what we're at as a society. Another thing too that's important is to establish a, a schedule for you as you as you live day to day because like I said earlier, our brain is, is very structured. It likes structure. It likes us for us to it likes that repetition of the day. Even though even though for us it's boring and for us it's kind of mundane, right? Every day doing the same shit. Uh, for the brain likes that. It likes that sense of day-to-day status quo, right? So you could you could create a schedule for yourself. Don't do don't be going to sleep at four in the morning and waking up at noon and being depressed because half your day is gone. That ain't gonna do anybody any good. Or just sit there and not do anything. And you know, you create a schedule for yourself that's measurable and doable every day that allows you to go into a, a structured pattern from day in and day out. And whether that whether being strict with your bedtime or being strict with the time with, with the time you get up, you know, being strict with what time you eat, all these things are very important because they're gonna give you a sense of normality. And that's something that the brain craves. Um, one of the reasons why we like novelty, you know, to go out on a little bit of a tangent here, not a tangent, but more of a of a I'm gonna hit hit you with a side street here. One of the reasons why we like novelty is because it stimulates our brain chemistry. Our dopamine levels, serotonin levels go up, go down, go sideways, go frontways, go forwards, all kinds of ways when we experience something new. But it also elevates our stress, right? You ever go on vacation to another country and you're having a good time because your brain chemistry is changing. It's something novel, it's something new. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you're fucking tired. You're exhausted. And that's what happens when we experience something new, you know. So this coronavirus has put us in that path, but it's all it's not something that we that we ask for or that it's even uh, welcome. Right. So point of all this being that our brain likes the routine of the monotonous day to day activities. So it's, it's, it's a weird, uh, you know, paradox, but that's how that's how it is. I know a lot of people are saying, well, I like to do different things. Well, yeah, that's because you, you your brain chemistry changes. But you don't like to do things you don't want to do, right? Because your brain chemistry is still going to change if, if anything that requires an adjustment. So that's what's going on. Um, so, again, creating the schedule is very beneficial during these times where our normal is anything but normal. You want to go back and, and go back to creating normality within the chaos. You know, anybody that has kids at home, especially adolescents, I work with adolescents at least once a week. Um, I do I do group therapy with at least 20 adolescents, <laughs> you know, every every Saturday. So, you know, good luck to me, right? Um, but it's cool because they keep me young and they teach me about all the things that are in or whatever, you know, all this shit. But, um, but they're also going through a lot right now. Because if you think your life is chaotic, their life is chaotic just by being an adolescent. You know, their hormones are raging, their emotions are all over the place. So they're more in tune emotionally to chaos. And a lot of them catastrophize everything, right? They, they don't think it's ever going to go back to normal. They don't think they're ever going to see their friends. They don't think they're ever going to see their boyfriend, girlfriend. 
And so there's there's a lot of uh, suicidal ideation because of that. That should be taken very seriously. So if you have kids at home, as a parent, talk to them, or as a caregiver, talk to them. Tell them that we're all going through this together. Don't make them feel like like a like a freak and tell them, "Well, get over it," because I'm good. Don't do that. That doesn't do anybody any favors. You know, sit with them and tell them that as a family, this is a very chaotic time. And as a family, we're going to get through it together. And if there's anything they got to tell you, even if even if it's just venting, even if they're just angry because they can't see their friends or they can't go to school or they can't play football, they can't go to the dance recital, it doesn't matter. You're going to sit there and you're going to listen to them and you're going to validate how they feel because how they feel is horrible. And they need to understand that other people empathize with how they're feeling. And that will go a long way with sustaining that kid's mental health right because now they're in a place where they feel understood they're in a place where they feel safe by the understanding of their emotions and that's really what a kid needs. that's really what we all need to be honest with you so that's something that we should be practicing if there's kids at home you know if you if you and your if you and your spouse or partner have if both of you are, are working from home Create shifts, you know, a morning shift, I look after the kids, night shift, you look after the kids or vice versa. Communicate with the kids that this is a chaotic time, but you're going to work it out together. And there's a lot of flexibility that needs to be implemented by everyone in the household and everyone in, a, in the household should do their part. This is a good time to reestablish resilience in the family. This is a good time to reestablish hierarchy in the family, you know. The kids have their role, the parents have their role, and this is a good, a good reminder to, to enhance those roles. Because as a family, everybody has a role to play um, within the family system. So I think that's a good time to do that. And of course, you know, if, 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 you're, if you, you do need time both to be by yourself, if that's what you like to do, because um, that's what I like to do, I need to have my alone time. I don't care who I'm with. I gotta be. I gotta have my alone time, right? Um, but not everybody's like that, you know. And if that, if if you you're married or you have a girlfriend or you have a a partner and you have the kids or you don't have kids, you also gotta remember that you gotta feed that relationship as well. So you do need a couple hours, at least an hour a day, to just focus on each other and and listen to each other and communicate what's going on, you know, and. You know, this all requires communication with the family. This all requires um, having defined boundaries with the family. You know, talking to the kids and say, well, me and mommy are going to be, we're going to have our alone time right now. And, you know, they need to respect that, right? Um, and if, if you build that kind of structure with your family, that's something that's going to happen organically anyway. Um, another thing, too, is like, you know, another thing, too, is like keep up. You know, keep up your personal hygiene too. You know, and, and not only that, if you have if you have some nice clothes, wear them inside your your house. Who gives a fuck, right? You know, you you spend you spend five hundred dollars on that purse, which five hundred dollars is a lot of money to me on a purse. I don't know, maybe I don't know, maybe that's nothing nowadays. I don't know how that works, but five hundred bucks on a purse is a lot of money to me. But hey, you work hard for it. Wear it around the house, even though you ain't gonna open it up or go anywhere with it, right? Wear that nice pair of shoes. Throw on that nice dress. Throw on that nice suit. Right? 
you know i have nice suits i throw i throw one on the other day just to be around my living room so it's like it it, it to to look nice to wear the makeup to to you know comb your hair the proper way you know to wear that nice cologne it enhances our self-esteem i mean i would recommend people do that anyway you know but do it around the house and even if you're not going to go anywhere you know dress up the entire family and just watch a movie imagine you drove to the theater imagine you're going to go to the mall afterwards you know watch the movie at home and then go on the computer and, and you know should do your shopping right there with everybody you know picking something out but do a small business though because i do support small businesses because they need our help right now and now we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects social media i'm gonna do an entire show on social media because social media could be a toilet bowl or it could be one of the best things that's ever happened to you and that's that's one of the crutches of social media but but in this instance, a lot of our mental health issues come from the plethora of information that's bombarded to us through social media, right? I mean, we're getting all kinds of different opinions, all unfiltered, uh, you know, some of it misguided, you know, uneducated, and some of it very, you know, science it's proven and and, and well researched. So, but when you're getting bombarded with this information. You know, you, you don't you don't know you don't know which way is south and which way is north, right? You're just looking at it and you're like, oh my god, you know, the world is going to coming to an end, and it just it, it puts us in a worse state of mind, right? I mean, I think developing your own fundamental morality, your own fundamental um, point of views, your own fundamental ethics, you know, and and how you see the world, how you define the world. That's for you to come to terms with, right? That's for you to influence your family and whatever happens, you got to be accountable for, all right? So getting all this other information unfiltered could be very, very stressful. And that's why I suggest taking breaks from social media. You know, there came a point I was able, I was able to get off social media for about a month. Um, and then after that, I was able to, I was doing a thing where I was going on one hour in the morning and one hour at night. And that was it. And I felt good because there wasn't people going against your belief system or trying to scare you or promote false information or anything like that. And again, we talked about it earlier. This is a systemic community, whatever we bounce off of each other. We influence each other. And so there is expectations. You know, there is a lot of guilt that's thrown around social media. There's people with their morality morality blankets that are judging others constantly. And it makes us feel horrible for it. So those are the things you got to be careful. And you have to kind of have some sort of barrier against that. And just like you're creating boundaries with your real relationships, you got to create boundaries with social media. You got to draw the line in the sand and say, this is it right here. This is all I'm going to deal with you today. Because social media is a beast and it has a mind of its own sometimes. So just taking breaks from it, I think it's healthy. Now, whether there's a pandemic or not, people should always disconnect for, for a little bit. That's, that's just the way I see things. 
I mean, no harm could come of it. I mean, the damn beast is going to be there when you reconnect. It's not going anywhere. You're not missing anything, you know? The only thing you're missing is all these ideas that are putting you in a state of comparison, and nobody needs that, or putting you in a state of being judged, and nobody needs that, all right? So I think taking breaks from social media from time to time is healthy, you know? And also, don't forget to challenge your thoughts. Don't forget to reframe your thoughts and understand that a lot of your thoughts are being filtered through an emotional barrier because we're already in a negative state of mind. So understand what kind of behavior am I going to express? Am I going to express a behavior that's emotionally driven or am I going to be uh, express a behavior that's based on reality and reality to me means dealing with the things that you could control you know you can't control the coronavirus it's out there it's doing whatever it's gonna do you cannot control that you can't take a a, you can't take on that kind of pressure of the world for yourself because you'll go mad and you'll probably die what you could do is you could control how you you yourself and your family are going to react to the coronavirus. That's something that you could control. And that's something that's very doable, it's very measurable, and it's, it's accessible throughout the household. And if you focus on that, you know, you're going to be in a better state of mind than if you constantly look on social media and constantly are thinking of the worst-case scenarios and catastrophizing and taking everything personal. We talked about it in the last show. That, that just leads to negative behavior. So I think reminding ourselves, this is what I could control, and this is what I'm going to focus on. I think that's something that will lead to some successful outcomes. Now, earlier I did say how some of us do feel guilty because we feel like getting going through some mental health issues because of COVID is kind of, a, in a way, has a very privileged connection, right? We feel like there's so many other people that are suffering and they suffer whether or not there's COVID around. And here we are, you know, lollygagging about our own little aches and pains. And I said, you know what? That's, you still deserve to feel how you feel and you still deserve to be in touch with your feelings. Um, there's, there's, nobody should be able to take that away from you because this is your world. This is how you're feeling. And if in your world it's a big deal, then it's going to be a big deal, and that's perfectly okay. You shouldn't be worried about what other people are going through because you have to live in your own head. So, so if you feel anguish, then let's sit with that and acknowledge it and move forward with it. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. But there's another extreme. Another extreme is there's a lot of people that feel guilty because they don't feel anything. They don't feel dissatisfied. They don't feel, you know, um, depression or anxiety. They're just, they're told to stay at home and they stay at home and they go about their, their life. And that's okay too. Because at the end of the day, the way we're responding to this global pandemic and the, and the, um, and the restrictions that is brought upon us, upon us, upon us, upon us. Well, there you go again with that accent trying to sleep through. Um, uh, you know, the way we respond to it 
is through our worldview. And our worldview is defined by our experiences. So if there, if for whatever reason we don't feel like our life has changed that much, that's okay too. That's that's cool. That's, you know, you're 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 a lucky one, right? Um, so I think both both extremes are perfectly acceptable, as long as we empathize with the people that are really struggling with this. As long as we have a, we understand where they're coming from, you know. We don't necessarily have to be able to relate, but we should be able to understand. And I think that's what's important. Because in a time like this, if we're okay mentally, even financially, you know, physically, spiritually, all this stuff, then this is the time for us to pick up our fellow man, our fellow woman, our fellow child and say, you know what, I'm here to help you and it's going to be okay, you know, in any way I could. I'm here because I'm one of the ones that's doing relatively well. So what could I do to extend my hand? Now, there is one of the horrors, and I said horrors, H-O-R-R-O-R-S, horrors, um, that I understand people are going through is people that are living with an abusive partner and they have to stay with them during this global pandemic. And that's something that a lot of people don't talk about, but it's out there and it's very tragic. And it, it just breaks my heart to hear those stories because I've been hearing them with my patients at the hospital. And at that point, they have to focus on their resilience. They have to focus on their strengths and they have to focus that, Whatever the case may be, once this is over, and it will be over, they will be able to proceed to however they want to proceed with the domestic violence and with abusive partners. And even even situations that are not at that level, there's still a lot of people that are forced to live in a household with people they don't get along, and that could lead to more stress, right? In a situation like that, I always remind people, that it's time to be strong and focus on your strengths because we all have strengths. We've all made it this far. So we all have some sort of strength that we hold on to. And also to be able to um, go back to what I talked about earlier, which is focus on what you could control. You might, you may not be able to control the fact that you're in a, a, in a household with somebody you don't get along, somebody that annoys you, somebody that you're in constant negative communication with, you know, whether it's yelling or disagreements or whatnot, you might not be able to control the household, but you could control the location. You could control the rooms you're in. You could they're, they're, Focus on what you could control. And hopefully that guides you to a positive outcome whenever this uh, global pandemic is over and we're allowed to live or go back to a sense of normality. So let's kind of recap what we've talked about. So, you know, we've talked about how difficult isolation and loneliness could be during these times, and they could be, and I empathize with anybody that's going through that. I myself, I live alone, and so my family, thankfully my family lives in this city, my friends live in this city, and I'm able to, they've really been my bedrock through all this, but 
when we had the original stay at home order, which was way more restrictive than the one we have now here in December of 2020, like I couldn't, I didn't even go outside. Like I was indoors with my cat for like, like two months straight. I'm surprised my cat didn't start talking to me, like literally talking to me. That's how, <laughs> that's how much I was, I was uh, out of contact with with the with the other with the rest of the world. Um, so it was hard. So I understand anybody that's going through that. It's extremely hard and it's extremely frustrating, and it almost seems like it's never gonna end, but it is gonna end, and the hope is on the way. Um, and I know that having that kind of anxiety could lead to depression, you know. Um, it's natural to worry about that stuff, and it's okay to worry about that stuff, uh, you know, and just be mindful of it. And like I said earlier, have some mental checkups. Understand that what we're going through is going to bring out these emotions, and you could feel negatively um, mentally. But if you have certain coping skills that we've talked about earlier, they help, and they'll allow you to gain a sense of normality which i'll go through again right now in a little bit um and not only are we dealing with anxiety and depression we're also dealing with stress levels that are going up right because um again i talked about earlier adjustment you know adjustment in your life and then we have people out there that are going through extreme adjustments lifelong life-changing adjustments death of a loved one the loss of a job you know or being diagnosed with 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 an illness Financial hardships, relationship hardship, all these things are things that leave lasting scars, sometimes for the rest of our lives. And they could be overwhelming and they could lead to a lot of stress. And when we when our stressors go up, our immune system lowers. So that exposes us to, you know, more illnesses, more physical aches and pains. And as a result of this pandemic, you stir all that up. And some of us are going through that. So that's another reason why this is very difficult to deal with. Um, and something that I haven't been bringing up is how people are self-medicating. You know, people are abusing drugs or they're drinking alcohol every day or they're eating junk food every day. You know, I think I gained like like 25 pounds. During that, during that stay at home that I talked about earlier where I was talking to my cat. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so it happens, right? I mean, and but at the same time, I think, again, finding the right sources to cope are going to help us along the way. And as I said earlier, one of the best ways is to, is to reframe your thoughts, change your focus, you know, because there's no easy fix for this. We've never had to go through this before, our generation anyway, you know, but we still have control over how we react to things. Nobody's ever going to take that away from you. That's yours. The, 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 the act of choice will always be yours. And even though we're going through these painful times and we're in constant worry and we feel like we're never going to see our family again, our friends again, and we worry about our mental health and we worry about our physical health, we worry every time. We go outside to the grocery store. Did we catch it? Did we not catch the corona? We still have a option to react to all that. Just keep in mind that when we're in a negative state of mind, everything's going to be filtered through that lens of negativity. 
And just by recognizing that, you can start to change your focus and take the steps to being more optimistic. So as I said earlier, distracting yourself works. You know, um, as long as you don't make it a way of life. You know, you don't want to be playing video games, you know, for the rest of your life without doing anything. That's not good. But having some sort of hobby, you know, whether it's writing or learn how to cook. I've, I've started to cook a little bit here. I'm not good at it, but I'm, hey, I'm, it's feeding me. You know, I'm not going to die out of hunger because I can't cook. Um, but there's a lot of little things to do, you know, uh, establish some goals, even a small one. And understand that the negative thoughts and worries, although normal, are are a lot of the times entirely up to up to you to control. So trying to add some meaning to your days will help you get over some of that dread. Um, you know, and then also finding some simple sources of joy. You know, I mean, you could still have some fun even though you're indoors. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I was talking to my cat. I showed my my cat how to give me high five, and I was very proud of that, and so was he, because he told me. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of things to do. You know, you could listen to music. You know, you could watch comedy videos on YouTube or, you know, on Netflix or whatever. You know, you could go for a walk, as I said earlier, as long as you social distance or maybe do what I've been doing is I've been getting waking up a little earlier, going out for a jog lately. Um, there's a lot of ways to counter that kind of stress um and then of course i said take a break from social media because we don't want our expectations or our judgments to skyrocket because then it's going to make us feel bad about ourselves um, maintaining a routine is important because it gives your brain a sense of normality and last but not least i always go with the one that i, that I go with and that's expressing gratitude because even in the darkest days it's possible to find one thing to be grateful about. And even our memories, you know, focus on our memories of the good times and understand that if it's possible to build those memories, then it's also possible to get there again, right? I always have an exercise when I do my, uh, my therapy groups. I always, one of the ways that I finish my groups, because I like to finish on a positive note because there's so much processing that's done in groups and there's so much emotional stimuli that's done in groups that I like to just finish on a positive note. And I do two things. I either tell them to uh, let's talk goals. Like in a perfect world, what would be your goal? And then they tell me their goal. And then I, I tell them, well, what, what could we do to get to that goal? What could we do to make that perfect scenario there? And that creates a little more processing, but it's in a positive way. Another thing that I like to do is I like to remind... Or not remind, I like to ask my patients what their favorite memory is or has been, right? It could be anything. Um, and, the, and the therapeutic reason I do that is because I don't have to tell them that their life is going to have ups and downs. Even if they're in the lowest of the lows at that moment, I don't have to convince them that there's going to be a time when they're going to go up again. Because they themselves, through that memory, are going to understand that. If I was, if I, if I had that great memory at one time, it's entirely possible to reestablish good memories because I experienced it. It happened, so I don't have to. I, as a therapist, don't have to convince them of anything. They convince themselves that life is a roller coaster. Life is not just going downhill; it's a roller coaster. 
and of course, a lot of the times, you know, they'll be they'll talk about somebody who's passed away, parent, you know, significant other, and I remind them that that moment was there for them, and that's what makes the moment special. Because what I don't want is like, oh well, you know, you're making me worse because now I'm thinking about this person. See, we're gonna reframe that. We're not gonna we're not gonna put a negative spin on the fact that this person is no longer in your life. We're gonna remind you that that moment, and this is very existential here, that moment that you experience with your significant other that that no, that's no longer around, or with your parents, that's that moment is yours. And that's the beautiful thing about life, the fact that that moment ain't mine. That moment is nobody that here that's listening. It's yours. And as a human being, it was created just for you. And that's special. And that's what and that's gratitude. Right. And hopefully one of the one of the nicer things that will happen once this is all said and done is that next time we're with our family, next year when we're having Thanksgiving dinner with our family or Christmas exchange with our family and friends, it's going to be a little more special because it's been taken away from us, right? You know, I have, I, have, uh, I have my theory that I always talk about as far as mortality because, um, and again, this is very existential because I am an existentialist at heart. And I'll get into what existentialism means in another episode for the people that don't understand or know what it is. But I came to the conclusion a long time ago that everything is temporary. Everything. And most people will say, oh, well, that's a drag. I don't want it to end. This, that, or the other thing. Well, it doesn't matter what you think because the bottom line is that everything's temporary. And including the time that we have on this earth. So every single time, because I know that one day I will die. Every single time that I'm with my friends, that I'm with my family, that I'm doing something that brings me joy, I stay in that moment because I know how finite that moment is. I know how temporary it is. I know that one day it'll be the last time I do that. One day the day's going to come where I'll never see the sunset again. One day I'll never be with my friends again. One day I'll never be with my family again. And to a lot of people that's very morbid. And that's fine. But to me, it allows me to be in that moment a whole heck of a lot more. Rather than being my mind being in the future or being in the past, which is something that a lot of us do, my mind is right there in that very moment. And I'm the happiest person because the fact that it's so temporary means that it's worth a lot more. And when I get home from any of those activities, I have the highest amount of gratitude. And it's helped me a lot. It's helped me a lot. And and I think next time we get together, we're gonna we're gonna be able to appreciate what was taken away from us from the year that was 2020, and I guess a little bit of 2021. Depends how this vaccine goes. And every single moment that we spend doing things that were taken away from us coming up next year, they're gonna feel all that sweeter. And that's something that I hope people hold on to so with that said i'm gonna end this show here i'm getting long getting long in the tooth as they say um you could reach me at dead boy lost in la on instagram or pedro nunez on facebook i don't really check facebook but i'll check it just for you um 
And if you have any comments, questions, critiques, you can go ahead and hit me up right there. Thank you for listening. And if you have any issues or anything that I could have covered that I didn't cover, please hit me up. I do this off the cuff. I don't really, I don't really put a lot of research into it before because it's all stuff. I've been doing academics for 10 years now. It's like I'm not going to go back and fucking, you know, reread all this shit. It's just interventions that I've picked up along the way. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hang in there, and we'll catch you all down the road.